Today we are addressing fadianity. Welcome to the Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth with Mike Grimes. Yes, for fadianity with a D. With a D. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? It, does. it sounds as bad as it is. So Even, yeah, fadianity. It's our little takeoff of Christianity, but so many Christians are consumed with fad after fad after fad. We figured we would try to gross you out. By making up a name, it's fattyanity. We don't want any part of it. So, Pactum Verse listeners, let's not be part of the problem. Let's be part of the solution and buck against fads and yeah. not be a part of all the different fads that have come and gone and will keep coming. No, let's do Christianity. So, we're going to oppose fadianity. Now, does this have anything to do with like our clothing style fads, you know? Like, are we talking about that kind of stuff? Or we, are we, just we are sticking not. With, okay. We're talking theology. We because, think fashion is important. Okay, we, li- we like John Owen. We, we like <laughs> Spanish, right, those, those tall boots. Spanish imported <laughs> boots. So, That's right. no. Okay. I just want to make sure that I should, you know, ditch old stuff and get new clothes. Although I don't really. I don't care. I'm that dad guy, you know, who's like, this is what I wear. Deal with it. I saw you wearing some pretty stylish shoes this past week when you were in Southern California. Well... That so, was a whole ordeal. Do you know that I bought four pairs of shoes and spent hundreds and countless hundreds of dollars? I'm waiting for the punchline. Just to end up with that pair. It was it was a whole ordeal. I don't even know how to describe it. I so the, the okay. The Th- shoes This that, is a counseling session with Mike. It is. I'm this is not fattyanity, but we're gonna get to that Fattyanity, I tell you. So what happened was I needed some browner, you know, like brown shoes to fit with the, you know, khaki color, whatever pants. <laughs> the ones I have are a little too tan. They go along with the pants too close. You should see Mike. He's like and flailing so his arms about I've trying to explain I've got my eyes closed. This. I'm trying to envision. I went to the shoe store. I bought them. It was funny. My wife and a couple of kids were with me when I did. And I'm checking out. And my daughter goes, Dad, do you see how much those were? And I was like, well, I, 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 get, I looked at so many. I don't really remember. Whoops, I spent way too much on this pair of shoes. So as soon as we're walking out, I'm carrying them out, and I'm doing the whole, do I turn right back around and return them? No, I'll just keep them, then I'll go back a day later. Then I ordered two more pairs offline. You then have I a fa- problem. I didn't know this about you. I need help. Okay, anyway, fatty anity today. I bought some new Vans yesterday when I was in San Diego. I noticed so those. You got some new kicks on I today. I bought two new pair of Vans. Ooh, so you know what? Vans. I'm 53 years old. It's time to just not buy one. Just go ahead and buy two. Go for it. I don't know if I can do Vans. I mean, I like the way they look. I don't know if I can pull it off. Okay, so I like the way they look, but the problem is they're made horribly, and they're not good for your feet. But now some of these, they look like the old-style ones, but inside, I'm holding it right here, it says Pop Kush. Ooh. So if you get them, you got to get the special Pop Kush. The Pop Kush for the older folks? Is that like in the senior (laughs) section? That's exactly right. (laughs) So they look like the originals, but they're not. The senior section. And then I felt bad. I bought two pair for myself, and then I felt bad. I needed to buy something for my wife. Did so you get her I went, some? I went back and got her some. So oh, well done. She, she, she sports vans. She likes vans. Sweet action. Yeah. So the catalyst behind all of this, the reason we're talking about this is because there's so much spiritual instability in the church. It's as if the church thinks thinks that the fruit of the spirit is instability. Yeah, right. When, uh, tossed to and fro by every wind of Jabez, by every <laughs> wind of doctrine. I mean... <laughs> The Bible does not consider this a virtue. The Bible says no. In fact, we don't, we don't want to be like spiritual children tossed to and fro by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. That's Ephesians 4, 14. Yeah. Yeah. But it sure seems like we are tossed to and fro by all kinds it of does. fads. It's like everybody's looking for the next great thing. You know, what's my next great fad diet? What's my next great fad church 
thing, it, right? It is, it is a problem. So the Daniel diet. Oh my. Okay. God. Okay. Sorry. That's good. Good ad libbing, Mike, for sure. <laughs> and we also need to remember that Jesus did say, "Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. Maybe that even means shepherd's clothing because yeah. they would wear wool. Mm-hmm. So they look like pastors. They look like the right kind of teachers. But in in reality, Matthew chapter seven verse fifteen, they are inwardly ravenous wolves. Yeah. So yeah. add to that the fact that marketers are smart and they, they know that evangelicals are gullible. We are, yep. And so what's the next big fad? Because we know they will buy into it. Surely there are meetings in boardrooms going on right now yep. as we record the Pactum. Yep. What can we sucker them in with What next? can we do? There's money to be made in all these areas, and so there are people out there looking to make that money, and they'll yep. do whatever it takes. Now, before we start hating on the, the fads and the fad promoters, sure. we, I think it's really important to, to say ahead of time, early on, Pactum listeners, we are going to talk about the solution, and the solution is the extraordinary, matchless gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And we think that once you see it, if you will, once you see him, you see Christ for who he is and all the great blessings that are in him, uh, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee him and you will not be consumed and driven and tossed to and fro by every wind of purpose-driven or whatever the next thing is going to be, Jesus calling. And we're going to talk about those things. But fads are not helpful. They're not stabilizing. They're not fruitful. Uh, they're, they're a whole lot of trouble. And so let's acknowledge them for what they are, but we will talk about the solution, the answer. Right. And that would be the gospel. Yeah. So maybe as we get started, a little trip down memory lane. Okay. Saddle up your horses. We're going, we got a trail to blaze here. We we better have cue the music because, uh, it's time for the memory. Yeah. So trip down memory lane, some of these fads or fadianity type stuff we're talking about some examples. I think a lot, I think plenty of the examples our our listeners won't even know about. Right. Sure. So which, which actually kind of proves our point. Yes. Oh, you have to read this book. You have to read the prayer of Jabez. And if you talk to younger Christians, they're like, what? Yeah. What's that? What is that? Which means it's a fad, right? It's a fad. Back in the day, you had to read it and you had to pray for God to increase your, what, your borders. Yeah. Uh, And if you weren't doing this, you were going to miss out on special blessings. Right. And in fact, now nobody even knows about the prayer of Jabez and it's irrelevant. Never mind the fact that Bible college presidents, I think even here locally at the time, were on their radio show promoting it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Got to be a part of the prayer of Jabez. And it's so wonderful. And give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off. Oh. Applesauce. No, okay. Anyway, so a little trip. Do you know what that's from? (laughs) Okay. Well, our listeners. I was doing a Kit Kat bar. I know. That's what it is. But there's an office episode. Where Andy, oh, here we go again. Where Andy can't figure it out. Applesauce. It's hilarious. And by the end of it, he thinks it's Fancy Feast. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Trip down memory lane. We've got things yeah. like... How about Will- Willow the, Creek? Oh, the Willow... And its association, the, you know? The Willow Creek Association. Yes. Back in the day, you were a nobody church if you weren't part of the WCA, the Willow yes. Creek Association, and learn how to apply management principles and business church growth marketing principles so you can grow your church, and yep. everybody does it. And so Bill Hybels is, uh, you know, committed atrocious immoral acts and is no longer on the scene anymore, but he pastored that church outside of Chicago. I used to take people there. I used to go whenever yeah. I was in town just to see. Yep. The worst one ever was when um, Pastor Nancy Beach preached, mm. kind of hard to say, yeah. and it was on Father's Day and I brought a bunch of college Wait, students. Wait, what? Yeah. So <laughs> she's preaching on, yeah, Father's Day. Yeah. 
That's and so, wild. of course, she starts with, you know, isn't Bill Hybels a great dad? And my dad was a great dad. And uh, all, maybe maybe Abraham was a great dad. I can't remember now, but I, I saw what she was doing. It was yep. going to be, you know, in the end, our father is trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. She never went there. Oh, no. My goodness. <laughs> it was just the deity of dad sermon. Oh, I couldn't. Gross. It was super gross. Oh, so, man. Anyhow, I yeah. mean, that was the fad that everybody had to be a part of. And then... Yep. Um, you get purpose-driven life stuff. That's, that's Purpose-driven life is part of the whole thing. We used to take people there every Saturday night, uh, or Saturday night when we used to go to Shepherd's Conferences. And one time, I think out of 10, it, it seemed like a Christian sermon. Hmm. And so I want to give them credit where 10%. credit is due. It's not um, passing. But you know what? Rick Warren is a genius, smart guy. He could have been successful and made millions in doing whatever he did. Unfortunately, he did church. Yeah. Figured out what people were looking for, like Bill Hybels. Uh, yeah. And let's pick affluent people yep. and figure out what they're looking for. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, he even references in his Purpose Driven Church book and then its Purpose Driven Life, um, you know, how he learned the techniques that he learned from Robert Schuler, the heretic. Yep. Let's find out what people want. Let's what give it to them want? and we'll call it evangelism and gospel ministry. Right, so, yeah. I guess, thankfully, I mean, one, one out of ten, it was distinctly Christian. So we're not saying that people, that God couldn't use these fads. Sure, yeah. Uh, because yep. even a stop clock is right twice a day. That's right. <laughs> so uh, there, there is that. But it's just another thing. Rick Warren's saying, I'm looking for the next big wave that God is sending yep. so I can catch that wave. Yep. Well, that, that w- big wave is called the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, we don't need to keep looking for the next big thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there's that. And then we're going to pendulum swing the other direction. Uh, now the next generation is going to say, you know, we don't really like this corporate kind of model mm-hmm. marketing and our parents' and grandparents' style of reaching people, quote, unquote. And so the next one's going to be what, Mike? You're gonna, the Emergent. Oh, the emergent church. let's go you know, you Emergent. Got, oh, yeah, you've got Velvet Elvis, the NUMA videos, Rob Bell stuff, right? Yeah, Brian, Brian McLaren, McLaren. Mark Driscoll. Yeah, so there is all of that. So I have my stack here. There, there has to be... Look at that stack uh, of books. I've got a big stack here. So here's my Velvet Elvis, Prayer of Jabez, Rediscovering Church by Bill Hybels and his wife, Purpose Driven ch- uh, Church by Rick Warren, Promise Keepers, Promise Keepers, Masculine Journey, where Ooh. you have to worship... I can't... Actually, this is a family show. I can't even say uh, what Masculine Journey says. Masculine Um, Journey. uh, Awful. Terrible. uh, But it would be not PG-13, so I can't say it. Okay, we won't say that. Um, Generous Orthodoxy by, by Brian McLaren. New Kind of Christianity, Brian McLaren. Ugh, yuck, gross, I need to go. Some good paperweights. So basically, Velvet Elvis, if we're going to talk about Rob Bell, who I don't even know if he says he's a Christian anymore. I don't have a clue. But all the churches had to use all of his stuff. And if you read his book, it's just Harry Emerson Fosdick 2.0. So mm. it's what Jay Gresson Machen refuted you know, years and years before. It's theological liberalism uh, dressed in a new package. And, and Velvet El- or Rob Bell was cool because he's a surfer right. uh, and he's in a punk band and relevant and all of oh, this kind of that. stuff. Oh, yeah. Why? Never mind the fact that he's just peddling old school dead liberalism repackaged and the evangelical church down the street shows his videos because man, he's like really cool, dude. We, we used him every summer in you, summer camps. Nuh-uh. Oh yeah. So I worked summer camps and we had to show <laughs> fad, Numa videos. Fad, fad, Dude, we could get those kids in the palm of our hands with those Numa videos. Really? Oh Yeah. It's so gross. Horrible. I cannot believe it. It's how embarrassing gross. looking back on it. Uh, how about yeah. I made up another new word? Uh, not only do we have fattyanity, uh, but we have escatafiction. 
Scatafiction. It that like sounds left kind of like scatological. Scatafiction. Left behind. Left behind. Oh, so yeah. let's fictionize some kind of made up weird Tim LaHaye Zionism. Right. Um, again, not that people didn't enjoy reading them. I think my wife probably read every single one. I don't know if I made it all the way through them or not, but. I didn't crack a single one. I, I was. I'm younger than you, so I was much more impressionable at those times. <laughs> you can see our our episode on Zionism might be a good place to start, but and once again, maybe the Lord would use them in someone's life. Um, but it's just another fad. If if it were really that great, it would still be around. Yeah, it'd still be a it thing. Would still be a thing, but it's not a thing. It came, it went, and uh, you yeah. can buy a lot of books at the Goodwill. If you'd like to, but nobody's buying them there either, I don't think. Yeah. This isn't anything new. So that, that's just kind of uh, in my Christian lifetime, things I wanted to keep up on. I wanted to read Velvet Elvis or the others just so I could be aware and be a better pastor and know what people are being influenced by. But this kind of stuff has been, fads have been around for a long time. A long time. Even think like in America, like uh, the Great Awakening sure, and yeah. the Second Great Awakening. Uh, those are those are fads. There there were faithful Bible teachers at the time who weren't happy that somehow people needed emotionalism and needed Charles Grandis and Finney's Second Great Awakening and altar calls and anxious bench and all of this sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Um, not good, not necessary, and a lot of times it leads to bad. But maybe before we get to that, we should talk about objections. Sure. Well, what's the number one objection? Do you think to what we're criticizing? Well, it works. Like, What's wrong with it? It works. Nothing like being a pragmatist, right? Right. People are here. They're in the pews. They're in the seats. They're giving the monies. It's working. Yep. People seem to be on fire. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. So I, I guess you know. And again, God. If, if the Bible's read, God uses His word. He spoke yes. through Balaam's donkey. Yeah. He can do that. Mm-hmm. But so many, so much of the time, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it works for a while. Sure. Yeah. And then we have Finney saying at the end of his life, most of his converts were a disgrace to the Christian religion. Mm. So, so he converted them and look how that went. Right. So yeah. we have to keep that in mind just because it pragmatically seems to work and we have numbers doesn't mean it actually is working and the spirit of God is working. Yeah. I spoke to one evangelist who's uh, kind of a celebrity around our, our parts. I won't go any further than that, but he said, I can't remember the numbers, but he had the percentage like, so when he preaches the gospel, which he does, and I'm thankful for it, if he does an altar call, which is, it comes from Charles Grandison Finney, yeah. the heretic manipulator. But when he does an altar call, you know, he, he gets maybe, some, I'm making this part up. He knew the percentage. I don't remember it, but 30 more decisions or excuse me, 30% more decisions. Oh, quote unquote. And, uh, so that, wow. I just think it's so lame. Yeah. Have you ever done an altar call? Anyway, so next thing, we- <laughs> <laughs> I've never done one as the speaking pastor okay. or preacher in a service. You've done one as the manipulator but musician. But I have been a part of many, many, many <laughs> altar calls as the manipulating musician. Oh, Pactum listeners, it it's, so comes from Finneyism. Oh, it's sad. I, <laughs> I, it's awful to I, think I about. was asked to lead one once. Did you um, do it? And maybe I wasn't even directly asked. I know uh, the person who was hosting me was asked by the person putting on the conference if I would do one. Oh. And thankfully, the person hosting me said he won't. <laughs> 
Oh, we love good. the gospel. We love to preach the gospel. We love to call people to believe yes, in Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's biblical. It's the manipulation part that we want to say no to yeah. because it leads to negative effects. Let's talk about those yeah. now. Uh, these fads, they don't help people mature. It leaves people immature. Sure, yeah. Uh, they, they, they don't understand the gospel better. They don't understand basic biblical doctrines better. They're tossed to and fro. They're still like children. Uh, history proves this to be the case. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I think it keeps them kind of dependent, you know, like in oh, yeah. psychological terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if someone is codependent or they're dependent. Sure, sure. They need that next fix, right? Because they've, they've experienced some kind of emotional high or some kind of thing that was like, oh, this is exciting to be a part of. I need the next one because I, inevitably yeah. that fades. Right? It's like an addiction. Yeah. Right? Well, may, and maybe the other effects would be just think of the wasted time. So if this book oh, sure. is actually not necessary, but I was told that it was necessary, mm-hmm. I had to read the book. Oh, how about wasted money? I had to buy the book. Yep. Uh, things like that. And it's false advertising, which is deception. And then also there can be the, the kind of hardening effect. Sure. Yeah. Think, I'm, think how many people said, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work for me. Look where I am now. So therefore, that's Christianity. Christianity doesn't work for me. I'm going to move on to something else. We just become callous. Right. So all kinds of negative effects from these fads, we think they're leading to good things because there are numbers and big numbers involved. But in the end, you look back at them and you say, what's Jabez? Sure. Um, people people don't know, yeah. Um, and yet you had to know just not very long. Ago. I wonder how many of those are still on the shelves at bookstores. I'm sure some of them are, but you, Maybe, you just wonder. Maybe right? a couple of them. Right. Uh, Jesus Calling is one we didn't mention. I didn't have the copy of it here. My wife has one. I've got one somebody, on my desk. Somebody gave it to her. Oh, one. you do? I do. It's I've... like quick handy reference. So yeah, can... I use it. Is it the, <laughs> is it the leather bound one? <laughs> no. Uh, is it the scratch and it's sniff the version? It's the small original version, I think. <laughs> Another uh, terrible book, you know, just like charismaticism, Jesus speaks to me. The Bible's not good enough. Yeah. Um, it's mysticism. So it, we talk about some effects of it, right? We have some objections, yep. some I, effects maybe, but what about causes? What's causing this? Why are people doing it? What's the deal? Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase Lewis here in my own words. Okay. Uh, maybe it's because we've never, like small children, we've never had a holiday at the sea. Mm, yeah. So we are content making mud pies. Mud pies, right? yeah. Yep, I know the quote, yeah. It's probably a good, it's probably a good way to think of it. If yeah. you actually hear the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ and you actually hear him preached from Scripture and you know what it means to violate God's law and Christ kept the law mm. and Christ is our righteousness and Christ is our resurrection and all of the great glorious gospel truths, as far as I'm concerned... Um, Nothing else will satisfy, hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. It's, Sh- show me Jesus. Tell yeah. me about what it means to be in Christ. Show me the benefits. Remind me yet again, as the Apostle Paul says, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. I think one of the greatest causes for our addiction to fads is we've never had a holiday at the sea. Hmm. Yeah. Right? That's we, good. We settle for all the garbage. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and if people aren't satisfied with the glory of Christ, if, if they don't like the holiday of the sea, <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so maybe at that point in time, we're trying to, like Spurgeon said, amuse the goats mm. rather than feed the sheep. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So target audience would be those God is calling and drawing. We're not trying to keep everybody happy because everyone won't be happy. So that's for me, the biggest cause. Sure. Yeah. I love it when I talk to people now and they say, now that I've seen it, yeah, nothing yep. else will satisfy. Now that I've heard the good news, yeah, um, 
Nothing else will satisfy. I love I love ruining people that way. Sure, yeah. I I love it. <laughs> it's the glorious ruin. Is that a bad book title? I is there some? I don't know. Anyway, it's yeah. I, it is though, right? It really is great. Well, hmm. you also have to realize another cause would be you have people with sinful motives. Sure, yeah. People are oh, manipulative, yeah. manipulative. They're hucksters. They're looking to make fame for themselves. Yep, money to be made. They're going to go for it. They're going to do it. Yep. Maybe another one would be there are well-meaning people who just don't know better. I yeah. Yeah, you got to wonder if that's kind of what happens with some of these fads is it gets in the hands of well-meaning people who just seem to not know better and think well, this seems to be like a thing we should be after. We, let, let's do it. I right? found it at the Christian bookstore. Right. It was at Family Christian Bookstore. <laughs> it was at Lifeway. It, you know, I've got to get it. So yep. that's unfortunately Someone else recommended it to me. Yeah. Yep. We can also blame pastors, pastors who don't have sound and settled convictions. Mm-hmm. I frequently tell people the Pactum likes pastors, um, but we want to encourage pastors to have settled biblical convictions right. and to preach Christ to people and Therefore, they won't have to do these things. Um, But I think pastors oftentimes think, well, everybody else is doing it. Uh, It's popular. It's what's drawing people. Sure. It's what's what's happening now. Yeah. So let's blame pastors. Let's blame weak churches. Let's blame biblical ignorance as it would relate to what the Bible is intended to communicate. So the Bible is intended to communicate the truth about redemption, the truth Mm, about uh, spiritual matters. But the Bible itself tells us to learn about other things uh, from the ant, so from, from general revelation. So the Bible's not meant to be the answer book for everything. I think when we start treating it that way, we are more prone toward fattyanity. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's all of these crazy how-tos about all kinds of different things that don't necessarily relate to the Bible's intent to begin with. Right, yeah. And uh, now all of a sudden we find ourselves involved in fads regarding this, that, or the other thing. When in fact, if we just knew that it's a book about Christ in anticipation in the old, fulfillment in the new, and how he meets our greatest need, and that's what Christian churches are, churches are supposed to preach and teach and help ground us in, uh, then we would be more settled and we wouldn't be so prone to follow all of these crazy fads in the name of Christianity. Sure, yeah. I, I think that's part of the problem. And remember, Machen talked about how Christian Christian theological liberals— they're the ones that use the Bible for all this stuff other than redemption yeah, because they don't yeah, believe yeah. in the message of redemption. Right, yeah. So sometimes conservatives act like theological liberals and it shows up in the fads and all of this kind of fad chasing because they're not sticking to what the Bible was intended to communicate. First and foremost, it's about the work of Christ for us. Yeah. So that might be part of the problem. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. So we're, I mean, we don't want to be completely negative the whole time here, right? Negative Nora, no offense to people named Nora. (laughs) Right. As you mentioned, there is what we would say a uh, better way, uh, right, to go about ministry, to go about church, to go about evangelicalism, not to be pursuing all the fads, not to be about the new great shiny thing that comes out this week and then there's a new one next week, right? But there is a better way. So let's talk about some alternatives, some cures maybe. What is it that we want to be offering. Yes, so it's not a new kind of Christianity like this book from Brian McLaren in front of us. It's not. It's, no. it's not. It comes back. It comes back to the fact that it is about the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, the power of God for salvation is not manipulation. It's not. It's not <laughs> pragmatism. It's not the next big thing, next big wave. No, it is 
the gospel, the mm. good news about salvation in Christ. Jesus is our great, perfect substitute. He fulfills the law. He's the one who makes atonement for our law-breaking. He is our resurrection. He is our ascended high priest and savior. Mm. He is our king. I'm never going to tire of hearing about right. him. Even if you're just saying those things, I'm like, what? what's better than that? What else would I want to hear? Ab- I, it, Absolutely. He and he alone saves. His gospel saves. It sanctifies. Read Romans chapter 16. Uh, and so what we want to do as pastors, as Christians, we want to be resolute, hmm. thinking of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, to resolve to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right, yeah. It's why we say it's a one-string guitar. One-string guitar. That's what we do. Just play it. And once again, it won't draw everyone. Um, right. But I guess our goal is not to draw everyone. It's to stick to the script, to preach the truth about Christ wonderfully, gloriously, because he is wonderful and glorious. That's the alternative. To, the way to avoid the fads is to stick to the real thing, to stick to the script, to have churches that are strong in the gospel, hmm. strong in understanding what the Bible's actually all, all about. Yes, right. we preach God's law, what God requires, and we preach God's great gospel, what God mm. graciously provides. And really, we don't need to preach anything else. That's going to make us strong. It's going to make us mature. Mm. We want to be shepherds and teachers, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 earlier, uh, who don't lead people into being to- tossed to and fro, but they're stable. Is, yeah. that, is, that, is that thunder? It is thunder. Whoa. Boom. So maybe the Lord either liked that little riff we were doing, or he didn't like it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Thunder in the pack. But uh, yeah, we've got our headphones on and everything, and we can hear the uh, the springtime weather Thunder happening rolls. out there. When I lived in Los Angeles, the movie, the tornado movie came out. What was that called? Twister. Twister. Mm, love and, that movie. Yeah, and people were so, when people found out I was from Nebraska, you're oh, like, yeah. oh, tornadoes. And I'm like, <laughs> I was just in the, in the Northridge earthquake in 1994. <laughs> I would much rather have Twister. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, than I would earthquakes. People are like, no way. I'd much rather have earthquakes. No, no. So we want to be mature. And the way to be mature, Paul even likens it to manhood, like adulthood in Ephesians 4. Yeah. We have pastors and teachers and those like them who are men of conviction, uh, people of conviction who are clear about what God's law says and clear about what the gospel says. So we don't need the next fix. We don't need the next fad. Uh, another way of putting this would be we want ordinary means ministry. Right. What yeah. do we mean by that, Mike? We want ordinary means ministry, meaning we want the preaching and teaching of God's word on the Sunday morning, the gathering of the people in church. We want uh, the Lord's Supper, baptism, and we would sometimes add to that church discipline. But we want to be about the ordinary means, the things God has given to us. But ordinary sounds boring. You know what? Good. <laughs> it's what we. <laughs> it's so funny. Sometimes I think with the ordinary ordinary means, people are so much bent on the idea that we have to entertain, we have to excite, and we have to provide something that's going to really get people's blood pumping. Yep. But really, what we need are those ordinary things. It's the gospel. It's the preaching of God's word. It's the heralding of Christ week in and week out. I'm a broken record, but think the power of God unto salvation. Oh, yawn. <laughs> Did that sound like a yawn? Yeah, kind it was, of. It was kind of fake. <laughs> but uh, 
How, how, how crazy, how ridiculous that we would be looking for something else. Ordinary is extraordinary. Yeah, it is. So episode 16, Ordinary Means. Yeah. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated the fact that this past week when you and I were attending a conference, Chris Larson, president of Ligonier, one of his opening comments was, Oh yeah, uh, yeah. this is not meant to be a mountaintop experience. Yep. That was, that's helpful that you yeah. would say that. Yeah. Right? Local church ministry, ordinary means of grace ministry. That's mountaintop. Yep. He said, you know, we, we want to encourage you and maybe supplement at this conference, sure, sure. but this is actually not the main thing. Yep. I like, they talked about being a, like a sub church ministry okay. kind of thing. They want to come in and just be there to encourage, but we're not the thing. Nice. And because it, so many people go to those conferences. We get it exactly opposite. Oh yeah. I'm going. Yeah, we're here. And he was like, if you're here for that, you got it backwards. Yeah, that was super good. I thought it was great. Made me thankful. Yeah. So what's on the horizon? What's going to be next? Oh, so... I, Look into the Pactum Snow Globe, Pat. It is it, it is before me, but it's beyond my reach oh, right I'm, now. So I'll I'll shake now Mike's you. shaking the snow I'm shaking globe. shaking the snow globe. What's, it, what's on the horizon? Mm, you're getting very sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we probably are. We probably already showed ourselves to be dated because yeah. the pile of books in front of me. I've kind of stopped buying them. Yeah. I'm kind of ready to be done. So I'm sure there are other things going on right now we're not aware of. Wouldn't take long to find out. I, yep. I'll head to Barnes what, and Noble real quick. Yeah. What's next? I don't know what's next as far as the super like gullible. What What are the gullible pop evangelicals going to gobble up next? Yeah. But I guess I'll be controversial and say maybe the more theologically minded are currently gobbling up theonomy. Hmm. Uh, I think it's a fad. I think in 100 years yeah. from now, if the Lord hasn't returned, or 200 or 500 years, we'll be able to look back and say, yep, people didn't like the government, and yep. they didn't like the president, and mm-hmm. uh, so let's let's take over and let's rediscover, even though we've never liked theonomy before. Right. Now uh, we do. Now we do. Yeah. It's so, so much of, I, even as you say that, so much, I think, of this fadianity, the theonomy thing, it comes as a product of our times, you know, the cultural things that are going on. Yep. You know, they produce what do people want want to hear and then here you go and people are theologically ignorant they don't know about biblical categories about things like natural law which are actually biblical romans 1 and 2 and they've never heard about such things and so now they hear somebody they've respected in the past becomes a theonomist and theonomists make fun of things like natural law and now all of a sudden we're off and running so yep um just another fad so that's just one but it's it's a big one right now we're seeing it uh before our very eyes okay so you heard it here first from the (laughs) pactum snow globe we're not sure what it's going to be that people are going to gobble up, but dare we say people are gobbling up theonomy. Right, on the on the less pop level, on yes. a little bit more serious-minded yes, level. Right. Although I think a lot of people who are, who are going after it are, are not serious-minded, but they're looking to people who are, who are misleading them. Right. Let's talk, let's talk about resources, Mike. Yeah, we've got, uh, we would recommend to you our episode on ordinary means. That would be hopefully an encouragement to you as you're considering what are some of these fads that I've even encountered and what are the ordinary means that God has given to us as a church to be about. Uh, So we'd recommend that resource to you. Also, the book Ordinary by Mike Horton. Super helpful. It'll probably age well. It, I think it's, it's it not. Will. It's not very fatty. Yeah, it's not a fattyanity type of <laughs> type of book. It's it's really helpful. Just encouraging people uh, that ordinary is good. Yeah, we've we've used it in small groups and things like that to kind of help people and help the church culture realize that what's ordinary is actually or extraordinary or vice versa. Sure. Right. So the preaching of the word of God, the right administration of the sacraments. Um, Basic things. That's what the Lord has called us to. Yeah. Uh, it's the ordinary 
and that is actually extraordinary. We're thankful that you're a part of the Pactum verse, thankful that you're engaged with us. Yeah. Uh, we consider that a privilege. Can we say privilege? Yes, we're yes, going to. Yeah. It's a privilege to be able to have that kind of influence in your life. Uh, we want you to excel. Uh, we want you to be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. to be mature and not tossed to and fro by every wind of whatever it is, whether it's Velvet Elvis or Jabez or Hybels or Warren. <laughs> If you want to be in touch with us, you can on Twitter, on Instagram. You can email us, connect at thepactum.org. Thankful for all of you in our Pactum verse. We'll see you next time here on The Pactum. <laughs>